we didn't know each other. And then all of a sudden, one day we're put on the same team to help save a little boy's life. It's like, all right, I just met you. And you know what? We all are in this. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. Wow, so this is a biggie. Just when I thought I couldn't get more vulnerable and raw, here we are. It, it has been done. So this episode is all about adversity and how adversity is oftentimes an asset in disguise. So, so what you are going to hear are things that have helped me during times of major adversity. And over the course of my career, so the past 20 years, I have been fortunate to work with some of the most innovative minds, progressive renegades, and I've watched and witnessed how they navigate through times of adversity. So I've been pulling this data over two decades, and then you add to it hundreds of hours of interviewing renegades, the top of the top, the best of the best. These are very innovative thinkers and people who have become very skilled at getting through the rough stuff. And so as I share my experience of adversity, it's taking into account everything I've learned from all of these other people. And uh, if you can imagine just looking at all of this data and finding the transcendent threats, you know, how they navigate One of my renegade rules, one of the things I speak about, is leveraging adversity and how we can truly take times that are throwing us curveballs in life and extremely unexpected situations, adverse situations that usually come up in the form of our health, our careers, our relationships, our finances, and how we can leverage those to becoming an asset and having it serve as a springboard forward. So there's a difference between just, you know, having a positive attitude during rough times and actually using that adversity as an asset and and leveraging it to become a launching pad. And that's what I'm talking about. So this isn't, let's make lemonade out of lemons, have a positive attitude, although that does help and that's a portion of it. But it's actually much bigger and different in terms of leveraging this to where 
you end up in a better spot, a much better spot as a result of the adversity than you were before. So it becomes to your advantage. So this is a a bit of the tables being turned because Emily Kostopoulos is interviewing me about the past two months as a new mom who has a child in the NICU. So if you haven't heard from previous episodes, my son Lincoln Gray was born three months early. I was on a layover and he weighed two pounds, three ounces, definitely a season of adversity that I've been navigating. And if I take that and add up other times in my life, where we net out is what's in this episode. So Emily Kostopoulos, for a little bit of context, she is a friend. She is a graduate of the Renegade Brand Bootcamp, a former engineer turned entrepreneur, and now actually Emily and I are working together full-time. She's joined my team, so I could not be more excited. It's always nice to have someone who is close to you interview you because they can usually pull out more (laughs) because I feel so comfortable with her, as you will hear. A big part of leveraging adversity is figuring out how to ask the right questions. And what I've learned in a pretty intense time is that Asking myself the right questions is key to how I deal with the situation. And what I mean by that, for example, is not necessarily focusing on the why did this happen or why did this happen to me and exactly how am I going to navigate, but first starting with what is this here to teach me? And that allows for me to really focus on a different point versus going down a potential rabbit hole of a question that may not even have answers and that definitely won't return an ROI on the energy that I'm trying to give that question. Now, since we've recorded this podcast, there's been a really interesting situation over the last 24 hours. And um, this very last weekend, all of a sudden, we saw a bit of a turn with Lincoln, my son. And so he's been clipping along, doing his thing and growing, feeding, you know, he's what they call a grower feeder. And we saw a pretty big setback this weekend and some really scary situations with him. And so this is very fresh for me. And the same things that, you know, I I talk about in this episode are things that I drew upon this very weekend. And when you find yourself in those intense moments I feel it's very important to have tools, whether that means, you know, you've just lost your job or you're going through a really difficult breakup, maybe your health or your finances, you're, you're experiencing adversity. And, and so to be able to lean on a set of tools that you have is huge. And I'm really grateful for, for that this weekend because it's been It's been pretty crazy. That being said, it looks like Lincoln is on the upswing for the most part, and um, it's day by day. It's actually hour by hour right now. So I thank everyone who has sent us their love and support. It is exactly what is helping, and I could not be more grateful. In other news, a big announcement that the Renegade Brand Boot Camp Fall Enrollment and dates have been announced, and enrollment is open. And so head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com if you are interested in learning more, signing up. 
So this program is for female entrepreneurs. It is the love of my career life, I guess you would say, and it is totally life work on my end. I have thoroughly enjoyed this program where female entrepreneurs are gathered together and they're all like-minded, like-hearted, ready to level up when it comes to tuning in to their personal brand, their brand essence, and what that looks like forward-facing so they can share their voice, their message, their purpose-driven companies, and in turn, generate more revenue. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you are someone who has a business or is considering starting a business, and you're female, (laughs) then this program may be for you. Uh, The website has all the information, so you can head there and check it out. Specifically, if you're in a place where you are looking to do more public speaking, maybe write a book or launch a podcast, or just take your business to the next level using social media and leveraging your story and your personal brand for the sake of converting and making more impact, then definitely check it out. We have limited seats, uh, and this is early bird. So you have a little while until prices go up. All the information's on the website, renegadebrandbootcamp.com, and you can check it out there. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now show is supported by Poopery, the original before-you-go toilet spray. It's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of you-know-what. This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit Poopery.com and Why Not Now listeners get 20% off with code Why Not Now. That's all one word. And you can hear the story about Poopery in our interview with founder Susie Batiste. That's Why Not Now, episode 28. Poopery is also available at Bed Bath & Beyond. So I think we should start this with the really lovely poem. You told me about the very first time I visited you in the NICU. Oh, wow, yes. So about day two, I would say, it's a little blurry in places, and then certain, certain other places are extremely stark and extremely vivid. But about day two, one of our nurses, we call her Auntie Val, because she's Lincoln's auntie, she was kind of just talking to us and being, she's the most kind human, that she showed us this poem and it's called Holland. First of all, just the fact that it's called Holland kind of took us by surprise because we have some other connections too. The poem basically describes someone's journey who had the intention of an expectation of going to Italy. And this person gets all ready. They have their, their agenda. They're excited for the food they'll eat. They can visualize what it's going to be like. They've plan this perfect trip out, all the clothes are packed, they get on the plane, they're going to Italy, and then they land in Holland. It's just different. It's not what they expected, right? And so it's kind of like your journey landing in the NICU is that you knew you were having a baby, (laughs) 
you didn't know exactly what to expect, but you had these visions, these visions of what it would be like and these expectations, and then all of a sudden it's like you land and you're not in the same place. Although Auntie Val said sometimes it doesn't even feel like Holland because Holland might be a place that you'd want to go to, like maybe Amsterdam or something. <laughs> but sometimes it might feel a little bit like Afghanistan. Where mm. It is beautiful, but it's just hard. It's boots on the ground are hard. Mm-hmm. And so. it's still an adventure. And it's still traveling. Yep. And it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I would say that about the NICU. It's magic happens. I mean, miracles in every single little pod. And this is you know, one of the best of the best. So it's, it's pretty incredible. Are you tearing up? A little bit. Um, we were being interviewed yesterday and the journalist said, she said, oh, I'm sure if you could go back, you would do this all differently. But, and then I kind of stopped her and I said, actually, no, I wouldn't change this for the world. It's the best thing that's ever happened to us. And she just looked at me and stopped and said, wait, what did you just say? I said, absolutely, it's the best thing that's ever happened to us. And I realized that pretty early on, that Mm. this journey will allow us to live at a whole different dimension on this planet. You know, we'll just have this life that has a a completely different layer to it. And it was interesting to see her so surprised, but I can see how a lot of people who go through really intense kind of traumatic things... Even you hear about people who maybe had cancer, they've overcome something really pretty challenging and unexpected. They're so grateful. Well, first of all, I can't like see you tearing up without wanting to tear up too. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just like jumping right in. I, I mean, it's so funny. I think we said this when we were planning this out, that adversity, you know, becoming an asset and it's like instantly it, it showed itself. And what you just said, oh, yeah. that you wouldn't change it because going through that adversity is now an asset in your life. I mean, of course, the yo-yo made that apparent in the very first two minutes of recording this. <laughs> the We have to explain what the yo-yo is, too. <laughs> and I do have a lot to say about the whole adversity becoming an asset. And it's just disguised. It's been disguised mm-hmm. at times as adversity, but it's always been an asset. But um, let's explain the yo-yo real quick. Right? We got to do that because people are going to be like, what's the you you? Okay. So I'll start. So Emily and her husband Levi are over at our house. This is a, maybe a year ago. And Emily and I have just kind of gotten into the woo woo world a little bit. And that doesn't even, that word just kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit. Maybe just a little more. We believe in energy and other things in the works in terms of... We're open-minded. Yes, we're open-minded. Also very linear thinkers, but... Mm -hmm. Okay. So we kept name-dropping the universe in conversation, and Emily's husband (laughs) said, hold up, can we just call it the you-you? You know, so we don't have to say universe every time. <laughs> and I can't remember what prompted him to say that. There was something going on. I think he was, he was, I mean, he works with pipeliners. He works with like dudes all day. And he's like, I can't be saying the universe around all these guys. <laughs> so let's do the you-you. So let's just call it the you-you from mm-hmm. here on out. So mm-hmm. something little will happen throughout the day. And we just like, oh, it must be the you-you. Yep. Absolutely. 
Okay, so let's dive into the adversity aspect of this. So one thing I've heard you talk about is this poem, and I love it, and it's such a beautiful depiction of this whole process for you. That's a good word, by the way, depiction. Thanks. You just did dictionary or pictionary the other day. I did. Did you reacquaint yourself with depiction because it sounds like pictionary? No. Maybe. Maybe subconsciously we, I did. We digress. Okay. Do you know the last time you played Pictionary? I. Mm-mm. That's a hard game to kind of get your mind back into. Mm. Anyways. Um, so I've heard you talk about that poem, which is beautiful. And then recently I've heard you talk about the honeymoon stage. And I think that's mm-hmm. also like the middle ground, the middle portion of this that isn't as glamorous. Mm, yes, the in it, in it part. So mm-hmm. I think like anything that's new, there's a novelty aspect to things where it could be a really big aspect in your life or there's something situational that's a blip on the radar. And if it's new, it's just more interesting. There's a honeymoon period and... I don't even know if interesting is the right word, but it's it's just everything about it is different. And then it starts to wear off. Mm-hmm. And I think adrenaline parallels the honeymoon period too, right, and the bliss. And your head is spinning a little. And then there becomes the grind of the, okay, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. And there was kind of a threshold at six weeks where I call it the honeymoon hangover, <laughs> Where, okay, the adrenaline's gone. This is hard. Our new normal has now found its own version of kind of ruts and dips in the day. Where in the beginning it was just, how can we, you know, see straight? Because there was so much to do and so many feelings and stuff. So, yeah, the middle part is the, is the stretch. It's like even running a marathon. You don't hit a wall at... Mile 25, I didn't at least. I hit the wall at mile 18, 19. And then you get a new spurt of energy toward the end. Yeah, when you can see the daylight at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, last week was like that wall. Mm. It's like, okay, this is, we still have a long road ahead. This is hard. We live in such a remote area, and there's, it's almost like when you leave and you come to this big city, it's like you can be distracted by all of these things, like restaurants. Yeah, and you're like, oh, how great is this? I get to walk to, you know, Sea Lincoln every day, and I can pass all these great restaurants and this view of like city life around you. And then it kind of. The novelty wears off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's like a relationship or a job or getting a new toy or I don't know, a new amazing piece of clothing that you love or something. I don't know. The novelty just kind of starts to wear. Yeah. I felt that way when I quit my job a couple of weeks into it. And just like you feel this freedom and you're like, you want to just share like this new experience. And then week after week, you're like that part, of, that excitement kind of fades into routine almost. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird feeling to experience. I didn't really know how to navigate it. And I'm sure being in it, you're like, I'm not really sure what this is but then you also have this other component where you're running a business and you're very visual and you're showing up for people so navigating this like middle ground with also you know what you're building outside of that what have you found like bridging that it's a great question and it's so new that I I don't claim to have figured it out but so far 
My experience has been, I dropped every preconceived notion and uh, expectation, even kind of the advice people would say, oh, you're going to want to do this and that before Lincoln arrived early. Like everything changed. So mm-hmm. I just figured, well, then if everything's really changing, then everything needs to be looked at differently through a new lens. So I couldn't adopt old thoughts from pre-Lincoln arriving early to post. So it's like, okay, we're redoing this whole game plan. And it was kind of funny. Yesterday I found one of my Google Docs that had our birth plan preferences and like all these things on the checklist. And I literally was nesting kind of Marie Kondo style in every inch of the house. And I had it in a list and a checkoffable, you know, and organize the silverware drawer was one of the things on the list. <laughs> you put that on your list yes. of pre-baby I, things I to do. I wanted everything to just be, using air quotes here, in place before Lincoln arrived, right? Yeah. In a way, I think this is the UU saying, <laughs> your silverware drawer doesn't matter, sister. Like, yeah. So, but it, it really was something that I thought about frequently. The silverware drawer, like what? Mm. So back to your question. This is going to sound a little woo-woo in the UU, but I have been speaking with this woman for the last two years, and I know you have too. Mm. Why not just bring it all out? You know, over the years in my lifetime, I've had different therapists and counselors and life coaches and mentors and so on and so forth. And just on a whim, Susie Batiste had mentioned she sees and works with this woman, Margaret, who you could say is an intuitive, but she used to work on Wall Street. And she has a brilliant way of mixing that linear and non-linear thinking. So instead of calling a therapist when this all went down, I was like straight to Margaret (laughs) because she helps me translate and kind of connect with what I'm trying to tell myself, what my soul is trying to tell me, right? Mm -hmm. So this isn't, it's basically a big giant mirror with a magnifying glass. So one of the things that we kind of discovered yesterday as we were talking was you can only wear one hat at a time, truly. So this notion of, you know, moms, multitasking and stuff, yes, we can do tactical things. We can try and do multiple at once, and we usually do, and they can probably get done. Maybe not as well as one at a time. But when it comes to like giving your energy and your emotions to something, you get one at a time. So in a way, I think I have been trying to segment that so much in my life Well, where I'm trying to wear too many hats. I'm realizing with Lincoln, being is so important and I've always been so focused on doing. But Mm. when I'm with him, it's just... It's the mom hat. It's the be present. There's nothing more important than just savoring that moment. And it's okay to then change hats. And when I'm working on something for the upcoming boot camp or working on a speaking engagement or something, it's okay to just have that hat on. I'm I'm still a mom. But it doesn't mean I have to be worrying about not being with Lincoln right then. So... This is kind of a really meta concept because we're starting to blend in mom guilt and mom pride and all that stuff. But the one thing at a time, one hat at a time is like, that's yeah. not something just for NICU moms. That's something for everyone. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, I, I feel like all I do is listen to podcasts 
about this kind of meta stuff. To say that is one thing, but to be able to have control over your mind, to really say, like, I can't physically be with Lincoln right now. I trust he's in good hands, and I need to focus on what I'm doing, is so much easier said than done. And with anything, insert anything into being with Lincoln. I mean, being being with your husband, being at work versus being at the gym versus whatever it is, like to be able to take that part of your mind and, and know that this thought, this guilt isn't serving me and be able to turn it down is such a practice. Mm, it sure is. Not only is it your, your own internal guilt, but you're thinking about what other people are thinking. And then it's like the projection and it's the story in your head that you make up that spirals out of control. And so oh, if yeah. you can stop it early and one of the things that Margaret, oh, she's amazing. She said, you know, you can actually have kind of a formal beginning and end to hat sessions. So let's say, mm. hi, Lincoln, and it's, you're with welcome. We're going, you know, we're spending this time together. And when it's time to leave or, or stop, it's like, okay, it's been so wonderful. Like you say this in your mind, you're to see you. And I love you, and I'll be back in a little bit, and bye-bye. And then you pivot, and then it's like, oh, hi, writing session. (laughs) Hello. Here Mm. we are. I am present. I've got my writing hat on. And it might sound a little fluffy, but my husband and I did it earlier today from going from being with Lincoln and the NICU down to the cafeteria to have a business meeting. Sometimes I think I worry about what people will think when I do talk about the fact that we're still running our business and we're excited to be doing that. Yeah. It's actually been a huge, positive, uplifting distraction through all of this. You mm. know, like a really good... If I didn't have that, I would be dwelling on yeah. every little thing and probably Googling things I shouldn't be Googling yeah. about medical, micro preemie things. <laughs> yeah. So. You said something pretty powerful and I don't know when this was I think this was right when we started talking about me coming full time and it stuck with me a lot and I think and I don't want to put the words in your mouth but when you were talking about this experience helped you realize that you're not ready to let go of what you built first of all I'm so excited to have you on this journey and gosh we can't even imagine where we're gonna go um yeah, you know, I was awake that first night after Lincoln was born. He was born at 4.27, Saturday, April 13th. And um, and if you haven't heard how he was born, listen back a few episodes because it was during a layover in Denver. I was, yeah, in the middle of basically transit. But um, having him arrive three months early, there's no time to stop and plan for this. It's just, here you go. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just, everything is instinct because you don't have time to analyze. And in a way, that what a gift because you could drive yourself crazy if we knew this were going to happen. Oh, I would never have wanted to know. But I'm so grateful it happened and I would never change it. I knew the middle of the night, I was like, okay, you know, trying to process where are we going to live? At that point, he was, I knew, in good hands medically and, and 
you know, he was alive. And so it's like, okay, well, this is going to, we're going to be here at least three months. I'm wrapping up this program for female entrepreneurs that I absolutely love. I've worked really hard to kind of find that true next intersection of where passion, purpose, and skill collide. They're getting ready to graduate and I am going to continue to do it. I mean, we had there's curriculum, there's things that had to happen every single day, and these women had signed up for it, and I wrote out a draft, it was like at 2, 3 a.m. that first night, of what I wanted to say to them, because hmm. I didn't want them to be in no man's land as far as not knowing if the program would go on once they heard about this, and so... And it just, the reason why I didn't want to let go is because it gives me so much. I knew that it would reciprocate and have something to offer through this hard time that I needed. So it was, I mean, I always talk about equal value exchange and that really helped me the first few weeks. And it was literally the first few weeks where it was like wrapping up this really big initiative but it was also, we were still probably in shock. And it was amazing. The support, the going back to something that you're really familiar with and that you know and that you're good at is so important during times of complete disruption. Hmm. So having some sort of root, it's like, okay, what, what is good here? This is, and we're going to stick with it. Okay, so like, let's bring this full circle. So when we were thinking about adversity as an asset. I've heard you say a couple times gift, and that's come to me a lot too. And I think a lot about like when Levi got in his accident, like it disrupted our entire world, but we wouldn't change that at all because it was a, it was a gift because it made us prioritize and it made us realize that organizing the silverware drawer doesn't matter mm-hmm. at all. And there's things that do matter and there's things that don't. And the fact that some of us have those situations happen early can be a gift to to really prioritize and understand what you know is deserving of our time and our energy and so the fact that you have gone through this now and you're in this adversity or this gift mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to talk about you know what are you seeing long term and this applies to so many different situations as a now asset I, I think the the lens has shifted for sure. And when I refer to an asset being disguised as adversity in the in the beginning, it's like, oh my goodness, who would you know wish this upon anyone? This is hard stuff, and it's scary and mm-hmm. it's painful. I don't mean let's go make lemonade out of lemons. Like this isn't kind of just throw on a positive attitude and. I mean, no, use this as a springboard. Like This is a jumping off place. And I remember the conversation we had when we were deciding, okay, we're going to get in this together and actually work together and, and build out the team and stuff. And what was going through my mind and the words I was hearing was playful out. Not playful out in terms of go faster, do more hustle, but... Do what you really want to do because life can change in an instant. And so once you've lived that, I think it is a gift for you, but your job is to share it with other people. And so we learn what we need to teach. 
And just like my husband and I were talking the other day, if a television crew wants to come out and some news, you know, entities want to share this story, that's just how we roll because it is our job and responsibility to share what we've learned, not just for parents that have had a baby born at two pounds, three ounces, but in any case, I think sharing what you've learned and that adversity can be someone else's asset without them having to go through it. Yes. It's like, wow, that's pretty awesome. You can accelerate their ability to navigate the, you know, their own lives. So it has nothing to do about the situation specifically. It's like the bigger lessons and it's mm-hmm. pretty. I'm cool. reminded of when uh, we were at Susie's house and Katie did her rap. And I was just like, um, one of one of Amy Jo's friends is very talented at just like just words, just like stringing together words that are kind of like poetic in a rap, and just like so much talent. And I just I'm not good at like hiding my emotions, and I feel like the whole time I was just like jaw to the ground, like wow, you're so talented. And without even skipping a beat, Susie was like, "You can yes, she is talented, but that means nothing if she doesn't use that to serve the world we live in." And it was just like, oh my, no yeah. one, no one ever, no one says stuff like that. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I remember so, that too. That was big. Everybody just got quiet and kind of did a bit of a gut check yourself. Yeah. Am I using my talent to serve? Mm-hmm. Am I? Yeah. My talent and my experiences. Exactly. What I've gone through. And it's, it becomes a responsibility, not a look at me. Yes. If that makes sense. Like the ego, well, it has to be somewhat removed in order for the authenticity and like intentions to really come through. Yeah. Because it won't serve its purpose if there's an ego filter. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you are digging this podcast, please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment and it means a ton to us. Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing. I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amyjomartin.com and click on connect with me. Right when I learned, okay, you're going to have a baby in two hours. And I would mm. just been on a plane and this is three months early and all these things. I think what's interesting about our minds is that we're so capable of dealing with a lot of big shit. Like we yeah. really are. And I immediately just went, I was like, what do I know for sure? I was like, I know that I've done a lot of work in the last couple of years and I could probably, I can handle this and I have tools. What are my tools? Okay, Tim Ferriss, what would it look like if this were easy? Okay, and just start, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, and then what is this here to teach me? Focus on that instead of why did this happen? And just a, a minor shift of I could have gone down the rabbit hole of why. I want to know why did this happen, spiritually or medically. And I've already started to see the it's surfaced what's the bigger picture of why but medically they're gonna they ne- they never will be able to tell me 99% chance we've looked at every single potential box we could check it's like okay let go of that 
zero return on that energy given that way. So what is this here to teach me has been such a fun, I know that sounds like a weird word, but a fun discovery question of, oh, how interesting. What gifts, what's good here? What, what am I learning? And um, those questions that you ask yourself is, are really important, you know? Getting curious, why did I create this? Mm. Hmm. Okay, now there's a question that you can start learning from. But why did this happen to me? Or why me? Or medically what happened when they, the best doctors in the world are telling you, you will never know, we will never know, and it frustrates us to believe us. It's like, okay, let go. Because you're going to get zero value from navigating that tunnel. So I think asking your questions right out of the gate helps you set the tone for how you're going to get through. Asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Asking mm. the right questions, yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, are there um, are there questions you have found that you, you know, they come up and they don't serve you and you're able to put them in a box and then like, I, I guess I'm thinking a lot about, we were just having a conversation about like the mom guilt and, mm-hmm. and how much you rely on these like professionals that it's like, this is, this is your village. Like everyone, oh. I mean, I know they all say that, but it's like, like you have a full team of people that are supporting you and people you don't even, I mean, some people you don't even know, you meet them once and they are caring Amazing. for your blood and, you know, soul that you <laughs> are there. and. Yeah. Our ch- uh, yeah, my child is in their hands. Like, for example, right before we sat down to record this, I got a call from Megan, our primary night nurse, because I had asked her some questions and she was calling me back. And she had so much to give me in that conversation, emotional intelligence, as well as just medical savvy that um, she cares. Like She's yeah. just as attached to this little boy as anyone that's met him. And I think the whole village thing and the, the word support has been circling around me the last six weeks. Like, you need that support. And um, it's okay to realize that these people do love Lincoln and they're taking care of him and to accept and receive that support. I mean, we didn't know each other. And then all of a sudden, one day we're put on the same team to help save a little boy's life. Like, imagine that. Like, that's literally, I got chills Mm -hmm. saying that. But that's what it was like. It's like, all right, I just met you. And you know what? We all are in this. And we all know him in different ways. Like, Megan is with him all night, not every night, because she can't possibly work that much. But she knows him better in that phase than anyone on this earth. And so I don't, you know, I can't stay the night with him, unfortunately. And so it's just, it's rad to see these people are doing their life work. I'm like literally crying right now, but yeah, they are angels. And to be that smart and have that amount of compassion and emotional intelligence is like, they could run the world. Like, it's really cool. <laughs> so if you're listening, Megan and Valerie and Juliana. Oh, I'm sure they are. 
They're like just Team Amy Jo all the way. Uh, team Lincoln. <laughs> it's so cool. But the support thing, when people say it takes a village, I, I guess I kind of got it pre-Lincoln. It's like there's BL before Lincoln and AL after Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> like BC. Um, but I do now. I mean, there's just with you. Look at you. I mean, there's zero chance I would be navigating this if you weren't here with me and able to exercise your expertise. And, like, it's when you're not there, it's like so the first time I wasn't at rounds, which are, you know, like you see on ER or Grey's Anatomy, where they it's a teaching hospital where we are. So they do gather around. There are a good 20 doctors and nurses talking about your case so it's fascinating and you learn so much so a couple weeks in maybe the second week I didn't attend rounds for the first time because I had an interview that had been rescheduled and planned and and I just was like you know what you can't be there every day at the same exact time why don't Richard's gonna be there my husband's gonna be there and I was feeling pretty down about it but then I got on this interview with Kat Cole and at the end I asked her you travel a lot you're busy, you're an executive, how do you deal with the the mom guilt thing? And she said, I look at it as mom pride, not mom guilt. And she said, you know, first of all, I ask myself, is he really needing me as much as I think he needs me? Is he with someone that loves him? Which right now, yeah, it's his nurses, doctors, and my husband and I. And if I'm not there, usually my husband's there. If he's not there, I am. And or our primary nurses, doctors, they're there. And um, and so that was really helpful because it puts into perspective, yeah, I might miss him, but he does he truly need me at this moment? And then the other thing is just be proud. Like I just took on a speaking engagement for a couple weeks from now that will be the first time, you know, I've left Denver since he arrived. It took a minute to just like calibrate and be really like cognizant of the decision to do it. And I thought of Cat Cole. I'm like, yeah, I'm proud. You know, we're, this is our business and I'm sharing the same messages that I am kind of right here to a bunch of people who will hopefully take my experience and use it to their advantage Mm. and their lessons. So yeah, takes a village. Yeah. So while you were describing that one one image I have that I feel like people who know you would be not wouldn't be surprised at all. So I had the honor of attending a rounds with you, and I I'm so fascinated by these things and hearing what people are saying and the dynamic of the doctors and the nurses. Yeah. I'm like, who's that? Why are they saying? Why is that person who's speaking? Boss, Those people, yeah. The, yeah. And then so I'm so enthralled in this. Like I'm watching Grey's Anatomy or insert any medical show here. And then, of course, Amy Jo's over there holding Lincoln, and she pops up, and she's like, well, I think that... <laughs> and I was just like, this is this is my renegade friend, Amy Jo, that even in a room of, like, doctors and nurses, where there's clearly, you know, there's a, a pecking order, Amy's <laughs> like, nope, over here, you, me, I'm sitting down, I know, but <laughs> I have something to say. And it's just like, you're still, even though you're in this time of, like, a lot of unknowns, like, you still bring your truest self when you show up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an, another thing that can be really hard to do 
when everything else doesn't, like, you're not where you live, you're not in your own bed, you're not eating what you normally eat or doing the things you normally do, but you're still showing up as the person that you are and setting that example for Lincoln. I mean, he feeds off that. Thank you. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. I mean, you gotta have fun too, right? Mm-hmm. And we, I now joke around and round sometimes. I mean, Dr. Barry, the attending, like, head honcho, who's amazing. In the first few days, and now I think I understand why he was doing this, so smart, but he would throw it back to me and say, okay, so tell, I mean, the majority of the staff, doctors and nurses, are female. Rad, first of all. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, so you work with female entrepreneurs, so it's your turn to give a report. What would you, what's one thing you tell them? And he turns it around, and all of a sudden, I kind of felt like I was in my place, in my, my known, comfortable, familiar place. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, that's kind of funny of him the first few days. And it was really nice, like fun and lighthearted. And then here we are six weeks later. I'm like, oh, he was probably doing that to like lighten the load, the fact that my son is two pounds in this incubator next to us, and we're discussing his Brady's when he stops breathing. Like, what a brilliant that man. Is. You know? Like, so brilliant. But, and yeah, I do have my own spreadsheet where I track his stats. <laughs> you learn so much when you're in there, right? Yeah. Okay, well, I, let's have a whole episode on Dr. Brady because that's a brilliant strategy. Or Dr. Barry. Barry. And we did talk about Brady's. <laughs> <laughs> a whole episode about what we can learn from Dr. Barry. I mean, that's super cool too. Like allowing people to step into their comfort zone yeah. when they're nowhere near it. He oh, knows I is. love a good stage, so he just built one in the middle of the NICU and he was like, here, take your microphone like you like it. And I mean, maybe that's not what he was thinking, but it clicked yesterday. I was like, oh, holy shit. Talk about, yeah, he's smart. Emotional intelligence. Oh, they're so, they're so cool. Okay. So I, I would love to, so this conversation is very circled around Mm. the situation you're in, but I think what's brilliant about learning from other people's experiences is you can apply it to your own situation. So I guess this question is like two-sided or it can be asked two different ways. So first, like what, you know, middle Amy Jo, what, what would you tell beginning Amy Jo? Or what would you tell someone who is just entering into mm-hmm. their adversity without being able to see the fact that this will, this will lead into an asset? Like, what would you say that to Amy Jo at that first stage or to someone who's just jumping in that adversity train or they landed in Holland and they're like, what? what? This isn't Paris. Like, what, mm-hmm. w- what would you say to that person? And Paris is France, too, in Italy. Maybe Rome, right? <laughs> That's okay. No. Wait, what did I say? You said this isn't Paris. But I think they were headed to Italy, which is... That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they maybe they're headed to Florence, or but um, or maybe they're like, I'm in South Dakota. <laughs> this wasn't. This isn't Holland. In exactly. wherever. Why am I? Okay, sorry. I why I, I did not need to say that. Um, but okay. So yes, great question. <laughs> because. There's adversity in everyone's life, right? I mean, usually it shows up in the form of 
our health, our finances, our career, our relationship. Those are the biggies right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my the beginning Amy Joe, like if I would have been able to talk to my future self, I wish I would have been able to hear pace yourself. The adrenaline is in full swing in the early moments and weeks in this case. So conserve your energy. What can you, what can fall off? What can drop off? Like drop the ball in certain things. And for me, as ironic as it might sound, I'm a big believer in trying to respond to everyone on social media. Early on, it was like not going to happen. We were getting thousands of comments and it was just so amazing to receive. But I knew I could not reciprocate in that fashion. So it was like, okay, drop the ball. Other things, like what can you conserve? And then the other thing is everything's so acute in those intense moments when you're going through something difficult. And this could be you've just had an argument with someone you love. Maybe you've just had a really bad day at work. Or it could be something huge like a big health challenge. Or, you know, maybe you're moving and you didn't plan to move and you have to move, whatever. Everything becomes acute. It's intense. It's amplified. Everything that was there before is now bigger and clearer and sharper. And so just having, being aware of that, you know, a little thing that would happen in week two that would have never really rocked me would totally, like someone not making a full stop at a stop sign. (laughs) I found myself getting so angry at this person for not realizing that they need to fully stop, that that's dangerous for whatever reason. And then we'd walk into the NICU and maybe Lincoln didn't have the best day and I wouldn't be as upset about that as I was about this random stop sign stranger. And so just being aware, Hmm. things will trigger, everything's tighter and and more sharp. and You're in the trigger zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I couldn't be trusted. Don't let me out in public. <laughs> Little things, right? Make sure Starbucks has sriracha. <laughs> yeah. Because if they run out today, that's going to be a problem. We need and sriracha just, to sponsor. I know. You. <laughs> Dear sriracha. <laughs> so, there you go. Mm. Gosh, should we, should we wind it up, Emily? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really know how to wind that up. I think it it's it's just funny how, how we thought it would go and it went a lot of different places that I wouldn't have thought. It did. It's like stopping really in Paris good. before Italy before Holland. <laughs> yeah, maybe there was a layover in Paris on the way to Italy. <laughs> that must be it. But you know what? I like Holland. I wouldn't trade it for the world. The best people live in my version of Holland. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your Why Not Now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. 
For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now? Oh,